This is day four of our look through 1 Peter chapter three. And in the verses we're gonna look at today, we're gonna see one thing to never do and one thing to always do in your relationships. Let's start with the never. One thing to never do. In verse nine, nine to 15, Peter writes, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. So what do I never do? Never, never pay back evil for evil. This goes to the question of how you respond when you're wronged, when someone does some evil or gives some insult towards you. And the truth of our human relationships, the way we think, is that you're gonna be wronged from time to time. You're gonna be hurt by words. You're gonna be stung by insensitivity. You're gonna be overlooked. You're gonna be misunderstood. You're gonna be sinned against. The church is filled with people, and people make mistakes. People sin. And so you're gonna be wronged. And the question that Peter is addressing here is when you're wronged, what are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna pay in that moment? Someone has said that these verses teach that we should not only love God's people, we should also love our enemies. I think they miss the point. This says that sometimes it seems like God's people are our enemies. So how are you gonna love them then? And Peter says, never take revenge. Never repay insult with insult. Revenge has no place in your relationships. Revenge will escalate the slightest insult into a full-scale war. She did this to me, so it's all right for me to do this to her, so she did this to me, so... Revenge doesn't have to be a knife in the back. It can just as easily take the form of a cold stare or an unwillingness to speak or a loss of care for somebody else's welfare. Let me just ask you, who are you paying back in your heart or your mind or your actions right now? God says, never. Instead, he says, this one's gonna blow your mind, give a blessing. Bless the person who's trying to insult you. Instead, give a blessing. Because he says, that's what you're called to. You're called to be like Jesus. Now, the only way to do this is to recognize how deeply you're loved by God. You don't need that person's love. You do not need that person's love. You'd like it. It would be a good thing to have it. But because you're loved by God, you have a freedom in your life that those who do not understand the love of God will never have. So instead, you have the power through Christ to give a blessing. Instead, he says, he just goes through this list, you refrain your tongue from evil. Specifically talks about the tongue. Our tongue is the biggest hammer we have in breaking fragile relationships. That old advice, if you can't say anything good about anyone, don't say anything at all. It's sound advice. It is biblical advice. And if we spent half the time praying for each other, that we do talking about each other, we'd strengthen our relationships by a thousand percent. So you watch what you say very carefully. He says, how do you make sure that you never take revenge? You take the opposite direction. The only way to make sure you never do the thing that he's telling us to never do here, the wrong thing, is to always do the right thing. He says you pursue peace. You not just want it, not just hope that it happens, pursue it, choose it. Peace does not just automatically happen in a relationship. It is something that has to be pursued and worked for daily. 
Who's pursuing peace in your relationships? If you're expecting other people to do it, you're not following the direction of Christ here. Pursue peace. Pursuing peace, that means, you already know maybe what I'm going to say, that means that sometimes you're going to have to let other people have their way, as shocking as that might sound. We fight sometimes. The reason we don't pursue peace, we fight, we argue, is because it actually does get results sometimes. If you can be argumentative enough about it, if you can make it unpleasant enough for the other person, you might just get your own way in the end. So we throw a tantrum. You don't call it that, I know, but that's what, actually what you're doing. We throw a tantrum so that we can get what we wanted, just like a three-year-old does. It works in families, it works at jobs, it works in school, it works even in churches. The problem is it destroys relationships. You get what you wanted, but you destroy the relationship. So you choose instead. No matter what tactics the other party is using, you choose to pursue peace in the relationship. Now, that doesn't mean you always let them have their way. Sometimes pursuing peace is honestly sitting down and saying, I see what you're doing here. You're arguing with me so that you can get your own way. And maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, but could we get to a different place where we could have an honest conversation about this? Shock the person by pursuing peace. How do you get to this place of never taking revenge? Peter says, here's what you do. You set apart Christ as Lord. That's the key. The only way, the only way to pursue peace with someone who's insulted you or done you an evil is to recognize that Jesus is Lord. They're not Lord. They don't control the relationship. They don't control your life. Jesus is Lord. Now, they may seem to have control for a moment. I understand that. But in the end, Jesus is going to be Lord. In the end, he's going to bring justice. So when you think of being wronged, when you think of an injustice that's been done to you or an insult that's come your way, and you think, well, what should I do with it? Sometimes you'll hear the advice, well, just let it go. It's more than that. Just letting it go, what does that mean? Where does it go when you let it go? It's more than just letting it go. It's taking that wrong, that injustice, that evil, and it's placing it in the hands of Jesus and recognizing I can trust it there. I don't have to take my own revenge. If revenge needs to be taken, he can take it. If justice needs to be done, he can make sure that it's done a lot better than I ever can. You place it, that injustice that you're thinking about right now in your life, place it in the hands of Jesus. Never pay back evil for evil. Never take revenge. That's what to never do. And then there's a thing, beginning in the last half of verse 15, to always do. Always be prepared, he says, to give an answer. Always be prepared to talk about hope. Let me read these verses, beginning in the last half of 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Always be prepared to tell people about why you have hope. Now, Peter not only says what we're to do here, he tells us very clearly the attitude to have as we do it. Do it, he says, with gentleness and respect. A lot of people, when it comes to defending the truth of the Bible, they defend the truth in these loud capital letters, in loud, overbearing, even angry attitude. Sometimes the way that people talk about the truth of the Bible, you don't want the truth of the Bible in your life as beautiful as it is because they make it look ugly with their attitude. The Bible tells us to be reverent towards God, to be gentle towards others as we defend the truth. You will discover, if you haven't already, 
that people who are confident about the truth, people who have built a good foundation in their lives, they're able to defend the truth with gentleness and quiet reverence. It's those who are unsure about themselves or about the truth who have to yell the loudest. Gentleness is actually to mark everything we do in our lives as followers of Jesus. It's not, well, we better deal with this situation gently. It's, we have to deal with every situation gently. That's our attitude as followers of Christ. So the attitude is you do it with gentleness and reverence, but he also talks about your lifestyle on this. He says, you keep a clear conscience. You have a life that matches your words. Now, having a clear conscience does not mean that you've never made a mistake or sinned. Otherwise, none of us could possibly have a clear conscience. The Apostle Paul often says he has a clear conscience, although he also often admits that he had sinned, that he was one of the greatest of sinners. So how could he have a clear conscience? To have a clear conscience means that you admit your mistakes and your sins, and you trust Christ to continue to transform you. Having a clear conscience, Peter tells us here, does not mean everyone's always going to speak well of you. He says, even though you have a clear conscience, there will be some who slander you. Some will see a light in your life that makes them painfully aware of a darkness in their life that they're not willing to change. And so they're going to push against the truth by attacking you personally. Peter tells us here that in the end, they're going to be ashamed of doing that. They're going to be ashamed that they pushed against one of the invitations that they had for real life, for real joy. So in relationships... You want to have healthy relationships? One thing to never do, one thing to always do. Never try to take your own revenge and always be ready to talk about hope. Jesus, as we pray, we ask that you'd help us to trust you with both of these, that the hurts that we have in our lives, the insults that we have, that we trust those into your hands. We place them in your hands right now. We know you're trustworthy. And the hope that we have in our hearts, that we trust that into your hands too by sharing it whenever we have an opportunity, always being ready, always being aware. Help us not to get so caught up in the negatives of life that we miss opportunities to share hope with people that need to hear hope. We need you for that, Jesus, and we ask for your strength to do that. In your name, amen. Tomorrow, Peter again is gonna focus us on Jesus And we're going to look at one of the most difficult to understand passages in the entire New Testament.